everybody. Welcome to Two Minutes and Beyond, the podcast where we review the Toy Story movies two minutes at a time. I'm Bianca and this is Macy. Hello. In this episode, we're talking about minutes 13 and 14 of Toy Story. So how are you? (laughs) Before we start, how are you? Are we going to act like we didn't just finished recording the previous episode. Of course like, not. That was a week ago. What are you talking ago. about? <laughs> <laughs> we gotta keep up the the charade. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> well, anyways, I've, I've been pretty good in the last five minutes. Well, good. I'm glad. Me too. <laughs> All right. So we start off these two minutes with Mr. Potato Head wishing that Andy would hopefully get a Mrs. Potato Head. The rest of the toys give him a look and he says, hey, I can dream, can't I? (laughs) Which that's really funny. But at the same time, I'm like, is the implication there? Is there like a sexist implication there that because Andy is a boy, he wouldn't want to play with a girl toy like like a Mrs. Potato Head? I know. And then I think of it, I'm like, he's playing with Bo Peep. I know. (laughs) And then... In, like, Toy Story 3, Mrs. Potato Head basically becomes his toy. Yeah, I know, because they got one for for Molly, but then mm-hmm. you see her in Andy's toy box. Is it because they got married and he's just inseparable <laughs> from his spud wife now? Well... With me and some of my siblings, sometimes there were toys that, like, belonged to one of us, but, like, um, we lost interest in it, and, like, the other one wanted it, like, still wanted it, so it kind of became the other person's toy, or, like, that toy went with something else that that one of us had, so it kind of got transferred between siblings. So Wait, I kind I of imagine that that's, happening. What, that's what happened with with Mrs. and Mr. Potato Head because maybe like Molly didn't want her anymore, but Andy wanted to keep Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head together, so so he hung on to her. Probably that seems like because Andy seems like the type of kid that's like, no, you can't separate them; they're married. Well, even when he gives them to Bonnie, he was like, "You got to keep them together because they're madly in love." Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's too cute. So in at the five second timestamp over the baby monitor, Sarge describes what's happening while the other toys listen anxiously. It's a lunchbox. We've got a lunchbox here. Woody does a double take at the baby monitor and exclaims, a lunchbox. Slinky says, for lunch, and laughs. Sarge informs them that the next present is bedsheets, and Mr. Potato asks, who invited that kid? <laughs> That's one of my most favorite things in Toy Story, and I have gotten into a habit of saying who invited that kid <laughs> when someone does something dumb. <laughs> I love that. I also love Slinky is just really cute when he's like, for lunch. <laughs> it's like, obviously, hello, it's for lunch. <laughs> but do you want to hear my theory about the bed sheets? Yes, please do. So my theory is that 
they're the Buzz Lightyear sheets that we see later. And that the kid oh. got them for Andy because he was like, oh, and in his little kid brain, he saw them and he was like, oh, Andy likes Buzz Lightyear. He, he likes that show. So maybe he'll love these bed sheets. I'm going to get him that for his birthday. And his mom was probably like, why are you getting your friend bed sheets? <laughs> right? Either that or the mom was talking to Andy's mom and she's like, well, you're getting him Buzz Lightyear. Let me get him some bed sheets because usually parents are the people who think of dumb things like that for kids. It's like getting Maybe. a pair of socks for Christmas. Kids don't want that. But when you get older, you're like, all right, I got socks for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Either one of those two things is probably what happened. That poor kid was like, I don't know. My mom bought it. <laughs> he was just like, I thought I thought Andy would like these Buzz Lightyear bed sheets. I know. And now Andy's toy, Andy's Mr. Potato Head, is judging him <laughs> for getting him <laughs> bed sheets. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so at the 22nd timestamp, Sarge watches through his illogical binoculars as the pile of presents slowly disappear until there's only one left. Woody yells, last present! As all the toys shake in fear, Sarge says, it's a big one. It's a, it's a board game! Repeat, battleship! Woody breathes a sigh of relief and the toys rejoice. The robot and Slinky give each other a high five and Ham accidentally knocks Potato Head's parts off. Potato Head says, hey, watch it. And Ham responds, sorry there, old spudhead. <laughs> I love that they both just like jokingly call each other things. Like Mr. They're Potato Head had called them an uncultured swine. <laughs> and he calls him a spudhead. I'm like, y'all are like two old people arguing. <laughs> it's probably like what would happen if you actually got Don Rickles and John Ratzenberger together. This is true. This I would have loved to have seen a skit with them two together. Yeah. That would have been a lot of fun. Another thing I like is the um all the different paper patterns on the presents. I like oh, yeah. looking at all the different like they didn't just use the same pattern over and over again. They actually took the time to make different wraps. I like the black one with all the crayons on it. The mm -hmm. blue one with the little clowns on it. Um, yeah. Are those little airplanes on the white one? Let me see. Um, it looks like a, a train. Oh, okay. That's what it is. I knew it was some type of vehicle. I just couldn't tell for sure what it was. I need... I need to wear my glasses is what I need. It looks like the red, the really long one that they all freaked out about before has um, football helmets on it. Oh, that's cute. I didn't even think to look at the wrapping paper. Well, me, I like wrapping gifts, so <laughs> I like looking <laughs> at wrapping paper. What's on the on the yellow one? The yellow one? I'm not sure. Let me... Because it kind of looks like words, maybe, but... Maybe it says happy hard to birthday. Read. Have to pull it back up. And then there's um, a black one with a bunch of different colored crayons. I think that one's my favorite one. Just because I like the colors that stand out. Mm -hmm. It's just, like, vibrant. 
And I have to say, Andy's mom's wallpaper choice in the living room is much better than her her Karen than her kitchen, kitchen wallpaper <laughs> choice. What if it's wrapping paper? What if she just know. went to the store and got wrapping paper and was like, this will work? We're moving in a week. Who cares? Exactly. She's all like, the new people are going to have to deal with my horrid carrot wall. <laughs> also, while you're um, looking at that, um, you can also see through Sarge's binoculars on the wall in the living room. There's like a painting. You can't. You can only see a little of it, but it's got like a a wood frame, and then there's a guy in it looks like gray overalls and like a gray cap, and there's like a gray and brown background. I don't know what's going on in that picture. I'm gonna have I'll, to look you at can that. Only see a little corner of it in better detail because. I have not noticed that. Maybe it's like, I don't know, like Andy's grandpa or someone. Oh, you know what? The yellow one looks like musical notes. Hmm. It looks like the bar with the little notes on it. Oh. it and does. then like one big orange note. Yeah, it looks and it looks like maybe the the musical notes underneath it. It maybe says happy birthday. I can't really make it out, but it kind of looks like that. Yeah. That but seems... the, the wrapping paper is up. At least on the on the side of the present that you can see the most in this shot, it looks like the wrapping paper is upside down. I think so, because it looks like the word happy is on the right-hand side and birthday is on the left-hand side. So it would be switched around. Not just that, the note... Normally, when you draw notes on like patterns and stuff, it's the the mm -hmm. little dot at the bottom and the the stick on top because I know my music terminology. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I think you're I think you're right. I think it's actually called a stick, but you but I but it's called a, a stem. There so you were go. Close. I was very close. <laughs> but like I'm just realizing, like all of these presents have like bows wrapped all around like with ribbons all the way all the way around them like not just bows stuck on top but like stuff the ribbon is wrapped all all the way around who does that anymore well this was in the 90s and in the 90s they had that wretched contraption where you would put all the ribbon on it and i don't know how it would but you would like pull it and it would just make oh. a big old bow that's probably Everybody, all of Andy's mom's friends probably bought that as seen on TV thing. And they just like, well, someone's having a birthday. Time to make a big old bowl. See, I was, I'm too young to remember the 90s, except for like 1999. So I don't have any re recollection of oh, that. Gosh. <laughs> I was, I was born at 1990. So I lived through all of the 90s. <laughs> And let yeah, me tell was, you, some parts were great and some parts were questionable. <laughs> yeah, I was born in 95. So, like, I remember 99, and that's about it. Yeah. But also, I'm just realizing the the artists who, like, modeled these presents, like, took or, like, did the textures, whoever, whoever put the wrapping paper on the present, like, took the time to make sure that the wrapping made, like, logical sense and would actually be like the patterns would actually be positioned the way they would be if they were wrapped. actually wrapped yeah. yeah i like that they did that because 
I've seen before when like even on just cartoons when they draw the package they don't put into consideration how the the pattern would be on a folded piece and it makes me mad sometimes because it's like that's not how it goes there's so many things that irritate me in art (laughs) you people probably think I'm just an angry person (laughs) I'm really not See, that's what I was talking about before. I noticed the music stuff because I'm a musician and you notice the art stuff because you're an artist. There we go. We make the perfect team to review this movie. (laughs) We're a dynamic duo. Yes. So please subscribe to our channel. (laughs) (laughs) Subscribe to this podcast. And well, we do have a YouTube channel where this podcast goes up. So subscribe to that if you want to. So moving on, at the 41 second timestamp, it cut back it cuts back to the soldiers inside the house plant as Sarge says, mission accomplished. Well done, men, pack it up. We're going home. One of the soldiers turns off the baby monitor and it cuts back to Andy's room. Woody says, So did I tell ya? Nothing to worry about. Slinky says, I knew you were right all along, Woody. Never doubted you for a second. As he gives Mr. Potato Head, who is still missing his hat and one eye, a dirty look. Mr. Potato Head rolls his one eye that's in his head. (laughs) There are a couple things I I forgot to mention from the previous section. Do you see um, the, or Andy gets, uh, Sarge says that Andy got Battleship. And then later on in the movie, you see Ham and Potato Head playing Battleship. I like that they put that in there. I never noticed it as a kid, but when I started watching it again, um, right before Toy Story 3 came out, I started watching the first two movies to prepare myself emotionally for this movie. And when I saw that, I was like, that's so cute. They're playing Andy's birthday gift. <laughs> <laughs> you also see, like, when um, when it's announced, I think that it's that it's just battleship like the little tykes jump out of their fire truck and their hats come off of their heads oh gosh they're so cute i love those little dudes i've never thought about them as much as i have while making this podcast i know i like every time i see them i'm like oh gosh they're so cute and now that we're doing this podcast i'm like i need them i don't care if i'm 30 years old with no children i need them Now, yeah, now I was all, I always thought they were, they were cute, but now in every scene that they're in, I have to be like, oh, what are they doing? What are they doing in this scene? (laughs) I must know. (laughs) So moving along at the 51 timestamp, back in the house plant, the green army men are packing everything up when mom suddenly brings out a surprise present. Sarge yells at his men to turn the baby monitor back on. All the toys are shocked when Sarge comes over the monitor again and says, Come in, Mother Bird, come in, Mother Bird. Mom has pulled a surprise present from the closet. Lenny is shaking with fear, and two of the little tykes are hiding behind Rex's legs. I never noticed that. I didn't either. Like I said, now every in every seat, I got to be like, what are they doing? And I saw <laughs> that they were hiding behind Rex. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. Mr. Potato Head finally puts his eye back in. Sarge says, Andy's opening it. He's really excited about this one. It's a huge package. Andy opens the box and looks very excited. But one of the kids blocks Sarge's view. 
we see that Mr. Potato Head is canonically Catholic because he does the sign of the cross. Sarge <laughs> lowers his binoculars and says, it's a... Uh, and it pauses right there. <laughs> but the Mr. Potato Head doing the cross sign is so funny. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. I forgot that he did that. So when I was reviewing this clip, I was like, oh gosh, I forgot he was Catholic. <laughs> Yeah, that was one of those things that, as a kid, I I didn't re- even realize that was a joke. I I don't know what I thought he was doing, but I didn't I didn't know what that was. And then, like, watching it as a teenager and adult, I was like, "Oh, that's actually that's pretty funny." That is funny. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> I also like that the surprise present has Buzz Lightyear all over yeah. it. Yeah, and it's like. Andy's acting surprised, but I'm pretty sure he knows what's in it because the package itself has Buzz Lightyear all over it. Yeah. Andy's mom must have bought, like, had to buy, like, a special box of some kind because it's not, it's not like a box, or at least it doesn't look like a box that's, like, wrapped in Buzz Lightyear wrapping paper. It looks like it's a, it's like a Buzz Lightyear box that has a lid that comes off. Right, like it's actually printed on the box and it's not yeah, just it's wrapped. Yeah, like a bow on top. Yeah. So she she must have gone out of her way to buy uh to buy a Buzz Lightyear box. I can see her already at Kinko's just like, "Can you make me this box?" <laughs> Maybe the toy was so popular that like the toy stores started selling that kind of thing. Probably, cuz I have seen that before where like before Toys R Us shut down, whenever there was a really popular toy, they'd have the wrapping paper. They'd have boxes that had mm-hmm. that character on it. They had all the party stuff right there just so you could have everything all at once and just take it and go. Yeah. And that was a really popular thing to do in the 90s. Whenever there was any type of um, character or franchise that was popular it was everything for birthday parties and bed sheets. And that's why he got bed sheets. <laughs> it's just popular. And I remember when I was, I want to say it was when I was seven. I had a Barbie birthday party. That was fun because I had Barbie plates. I had, you know, like the tablecloth, the little throwaway tablecloth. There was, you know, everything that was Barbie. And I actually got bed sheets of Barbie. And (laughs) (laughs) I was so excited because not only now did I have lamb chop bed sheets, now I had Barbie bed sheets. (laughs) So I was a very excited child for bed sheets. I was the weird kid. (laughs) I would have loved Barbie bed sheets. Yeah, I was so excited. (laughs) All right, moving along. At 1 minute 11 seconds, this scene cuts to a shot of a shadow over the houseplant. You can see tiny little Sarge in there under his leaf as all the boys cheer. The only sound coming from the baby monitor is static, and in frustration, Rex yells, It's a what? What is it? And starts shaking the nightstand, making the baby monitor fall, and its batteries pop out. Which, okay, why? Why wasn't the baby monitor working? Was it just that there was so much noise, like, from the boys yelling downstairs? 
Probably. Was, like, overloaded. Maybe, because I don't know, like, for me, I don't know how baby monitors work. I, I don't know. Maybe because it's too much noise, it just over, I don't know. Because they're all, they're all screaming, they're screaming like, yeah! You so would maybe, think that you would hear the screaming, though. I don't know. Either that or Sarge was just in such shock that he didn't say anything. <laughs> or maybe, I just thought of this, maybe it's the huddling of all the kids near the house plant oh. and their bodies are blocking the frequency going up. That could be. Because, you know. know, whenever you walk by radios, sometimes they start to get staticky. Mm-hmm. That's probably what happened because there was just a large body right there. It was blocking the frequency. Yeah. I'm going I with also, that. <laughs> <laughs> I also like that like the toys, like the whole the whole scene with the batteries like, shows like how like the toys are very like self-aware of how their world works. Like they know what batteries are, even if they don't know how to put them in correctly, but they know what they are. Yes, they're which, very self-aware of their body parts. <laughs> yeah, which makes it like a contrast when when Buzz shows up and he has absolutely no self-awareness about who he actually is. And he doesn't even think he's a toy. Yeah, which I think they did on purpose. Yeah. So that does bring us to our next timestamp at 119. Mr. Potato Head yells, You big lizard, now we'll never know what it is. Ham says, Way to go, Rex. From the bed, Woody yells, No, no, turn them around, turn them around. As they're frantically trying to put the batteries in, Potato Head is trying to put the batteries back in, and Ham says he's putting them in backwards, but he's not even doing that. He's just shoving the end of the battery in horizontally, kind of like a battering ram. I can just picture him trying to, like, busted open or like Gandalf being you shall not pass and he's just dramatically trying to put these batteries in you know I wrote horizontally I think I should have written oh vertically vertically. yeah sorry no it's okay you're good while he's doing that Ham pushes Potato Head aside and tries to do it Woody yells plus is positive minus is negative and then decides to do it himself and jumps down from the bed which I think of that almost every time I have to put batteries in something. I hear Woody in my head screaming, plus, plus is positive, minus is negative. <laughs> I think of that too. And I'm just like, thanks, angry Woody. <laughs> I feel like that also, like when I was a kid, helped me learn how to put batteries in correctly. I know. I never had to deal with the whole, you know, like not knowing how to do it or potato head style, trying to just shove the battery in there. And I felt independent as a child. Like, yeah, I know how to put batteries in. Toy Story was accidentally educational. I know. Good job, Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel bad for Rex, though, because they're all like, he he's so panicked that he goes up and he... He pulls on the, he pushes on the nightstand and knocks, knocks the thing over. And then everyone is just like yelling at him. I'm wondering how did his tiny arms manage to grab onto the leg of the nightstand and actually do any damage and move it? Because he's got tiny little stick arms. Well, I read 
I remember reading in our sacred text, Toy Story, the art and making of the animated feature, that um, uh, originally they were going to have, like, Rex was going to climb up to the top of the of the nightstand and somehow knock the thing over, but they, but, uh, and that was how they storyboarded it. But then like practically they realized, or maybe that was how they wrote it in the script. But then when they tried to storyboard it or animate it, they, they realized that was physically impossible. So they had to settle for him like shaking the nightstand. Oh gosh. I feel like the nightstand shaking is a more plausible idea now. Because mm-hmm. him trying to climb up, I feel like that There's would be no disastrous. <laughs> exactly. But then, wait a minute. Then you see him on the bed later on. Maybe someone helps him up or something. Right? Like the little the little fire truck probably just pushes him up or something. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. He gets on somebody's shoulders or something. Something. The logic in this movie just makes zero sense. But um, when the when the battery when the batteries come out, Mister Potato Head is like, "No, we'll never know what it is." And I'm like, "Yes, you will." Like, just because you can't hear what Sarge is saying doesn't mean that you're not eventually gonna find out what it was. Exactly. They make it sound like a mystery. I'm like, just give it a few seconds. Just give it the they next two like minutes. You're gonna know the world. Like the, they act like this is it's the most horrible thing. I mean, yeah, they're, I guess, because they have that fear that Andy Cannon will replace them. Mm -hmm. I would be scared, too. Like, hey, I'm going to go in the trash. That's pretty scary. (laughs) Mr. Spelt Trash (laughs) King. Oh, my goodness. These poor toys, they have issues. All right, so at 1 minute 32 seconds, Andy says, let's go to my room, guys. And Sarge tries to warn the other toys that Andy is coming upstairs. Woody gets the batteries in just in time to hear Sarge's warning and yells at everyone to get back to their places. Everyone runs back to their place. Mr. Potato Head looks frantically for his ear and Rex runs headfirst into the trash can and falls over. Who's in my ear? Who's in my ear? Who's in my ear? I love that he's panicking over his little ear. I I feel kind of bad for him. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, that's kind of what you deserve because you're rude to everybody. <laughs> like, also, you took your time getting all of your parts back in. You've had plenty. It's been like several minutes since your parts all came out. Exactly. There's no need for you to be that extra about it. Calm down, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so I like, I think it's Rex who just like screams yeah (laughs) i love that he's so dramatic he's such i i love rex but he reminds me of me sometimes because internally when something bad happens i scream like rex (laughs) (laughs) speaking of the screaming like why when they know andy and his friends are coming up to the room and they're gonna be there any second and they could be like right out, outside in the hallway like why are they being so loud they're being like, very loud yelling. everyone is yelling the little tykes fire truck siren is going off <laughs> let's it's make chaos. as much noise as possible you guys <laughs> oh my gosh 
I, I never thought of that, but they are making a very loud commotion right before mm-hmm. they go back into their positions. <laughs> I noticed that, like, Woody being, like, the leader that he is, he kind of, like, he's he stops and, like, waits for everyone to at least be on their way back to their spots before he tries to climb up into the bed. Yeah, that is very nice of him. I mean, to a certain extent, because he's not actually, like, helping people back up onto shelves and stuff. I love when they finally get the batteries in the monitor and they hear what's happening and Woody just flails his arms around. (laughs) And he's coming! (laughs) And I feel like he's doing that with everybody. And he's like, hurry, Andy's coming with his arms flailing. He's like Kermit the Frog with his he arms. He is. He's like doing the little Kermit flail, but in a much more panic sense. <laughs> um. Oh, poor, poor Lenny. He's just like he's kind of left behind because he's he's so slow. Like he, he barely is. makes it to his place in time. I feel bad for Lenny because he is really slow and he's so small and so vulnerable. I'm like, someone help this little binoculars. (laughs) Poor Lenny. All right. So at one minute, 52 seconds, there is a shot of the boy's legs running up the stairs. Rocky is sitting in front of the bedroom door. Lenny gets into place behind the books and Woody flops over on the bed before the door opens and all the kids run in. And this is where the two-minute mark ends. Yep. Poor Rocky just gets pushed. He pushed gets wiped out, out by that door. He, I feel bad for him because he's the one that got the worst end of it. I mean, I for a second I was like, oh, well, it's kind of his fault because he, he sat in front of the door. But I guess that's probably where Andy left him, so I don't know if he had a choice. I think that was. And I think that's why he went back to that position, which was a very unfortunate position. He probably should have at least moved a little bit further along the wall. I feel like he could have gotten away with with moving somewhere close by because he I mean, he gets knocked out of the way anyway. So it's not like Andy was going to ever see him sitting in front of the door. Exactly. And it's like Andy just got a Buzz Lightyear. He doesn't care where Rocky is right now. Now that I think about it, how would, if Rocky's sitting in front of the door, how would Andy leave him there without, because he has to open the door to leave the room. This is true. What? You know, Rocky is not the smartest toy in the toy box. <laughs> he He's not. I love him, but oh my gosh, that's a, I never thought of that. He would have to. It's like Andy is slowly putting him there while closing the door and just kind of like <laughs> sliding his hand out while he's closing the door. But now that I think about it, I feel like that's definitely not where Andy left him because that was physically impossible. More than likely, he just did not remember where he was left. And that's what he was like, well... I mean, I'm right at the door. I'm going to just get pushed to the side. He didn't realize the actual force of them coming in. I feel like realistically, though, they they put him there for just like the physical gag of him being pushed aside. That's probably, probably the real reason why he's there. That's probably why they did it, because they're going to need somebody 
to make it look like a tornado flew by, which is kind of what's happening in the toys' eyes. All these kids are going into Andy's room. They're all running around. They're all excited. I can see some of them just like flailing their arms too, like the way Woody was flailing his arms, all excited. And that's just the way little boys are and little girls. Little girls get excited too. It's just kids in general. That's how they react. They run around and scream. Mm hmm. I've worked with a lot of kids, so I take care of a lot of kids, but I, I can test that that's what that is what kids do. They run yes. around and scream. They they're just little balls of energy and I'm like, oh my gosh, where did all of this go from when I was a kid? Is it because I stretched out and everything <laughs> just kind of balanced out, or did I just run out of quarters like a little writing machine on at the mall or what happened? I <laughs> A lot of quarters. <laughs> yeah. I'm running out of quarters, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's not fair. I need some of this energy back. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, that is the end of the clip. Did you have anything else to add? There's not really much to add because the ending is just them running into the room. Yeah, um, well, we already mentioned it in the last episode, but uh, but it applies in this one, too. Um, in the audio commentary, they, they said that Sarge uses actual real hand signals from a list that they got from either the Army or, or the Marines. They weren't sure. But you see some of those hand signals in this episode, too, so I thought I would mention it again. Oh, yeah. And I think that's really neat that they did that. I like whenever... Um, artists and even like producers and directors take the time to actually research this stuff just to make it more accurate so that mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like they just don't care and they're just, you know, trying to put something together real fast. Yeah. Do you have anything else to say about this? Clip? I really don't. <laughs> so I guess we can just end it there. Yeah, I, I'm good. Alrighty, well then, if we're done, then thank you for listening, everyone. Be sure to follow our Facebook and Twitter accounts and send us an email if you have any thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns. And if you enjoy the podcast, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. See you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>